Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to help you digest the big running back news of the week. Of course, I'm talking about Damian Williams to the written. Let's go in order, Jared, of the announced signings from a big Monday to start this week. And first up is Ezekiel Elliott going to the Patriots. $4 million one-year deal with incentives that can take it up to $6 million. I haven't seen what those specific incentives are yet to know how easy they are to hit, to know how good a chance it is of being a $6 million contract. But I do follow at SmolaDS on Twitter, what used to be Twitter, and he told me that this is, quote, the best-case scenario for Ramondre Stevenson. So I want to ask him why that is. Listen, you got to be a little hot, hot taking on Twitter, right? I didn't mean the the best, best case. I meant the best case of all – um, you know, relatively likely because it's been clear for a while now that the Patriots were going to add something. And I think it was, you know, is it going to be Zeke? Is it going to be Leonard Fournette? Is it going to be Delvin Cook? Is it going to be Kareem Hunt? I think all, you know, all four of those guys were possibilities. I think among those four, I think Zeke was the best case for Stevenson's fans. Value. Definitely better than Delvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. I think you could argue Zeke versus Kareem Hunt. But I mean, listen, Zeke is a Big name. He's well, pro- probably a future Hall of Famer. I don't know. I'm, I'm bad deciding uh, whether guys should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's had a great career, real life and fantasy. He is no longer anything better than a league average running back. Just look at what he did last year 3.8 yards per carry for Zeke last year, career low, 43rd among 48 qualifiers in rush yards over expected per attempt. That's a NFL next gen stats stat. Career lows in catches, yards per catch, yards per route. He, he, he just doesn't have much left in the tank. I think the Zeke signing, as I've been saying for a while, I think is, is much more about the lack of options behind Ramondre Stevenson. Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris have shown nothing in the spring or in training camp. Neither guy was good in the preseason opener. I think the Patriots realized they needed something else behind Ramondre Stevenson. And since our rankings have been released, we've had these you know other carries distributed to Patriots running backs behind Ramondre Stevenson. So what we what we mostly did with the projections was just move most of those carries to Ezekiel Elliott. We did chop a little, like ten or fifteen carries off of Stevenson's projections. We chopped about I think a half touchdown off of his projections. I do think Zeke could be a threat at the goal line for Stevenson. That's probably the biggest impact here. But really, um, for me, and I, I think you're on board with that. You know, Stevenson moved down a little bit, but um, it, I don't think this is a big hit to his fantasy value. Yeah, for me, this really depends on what the market does with the reaction to this. I will agree with you that Zeke is a better case scenario than either Leonard Fournette, who would probably be in for more receiving than Zeke will get, or Dalvin Cook, who I think has more left than Zeke does. So I think in that case, it's a good signing. I do think that you might still be a little bit light on the impact of Zeke, though, because of what they're paying him. Like I said, at least $4 million. That's $3 million in salary, $1 million in bonus. It could be up to six million. When I looked on Spot Track, they're treating it like six million. So I don't know if they know more about the incentives than I do. Either way, Zeke either tied Jamal Williams for the fourth highest annual average among running back contracts on the market this year, or he's tied with David Montgomery for third if you give him the full incentives and make this a six million dollar deal. It's at least double what Damian Harris got in Buffalo. If he gets the full value, it's more than triple what Damian Harris got from the Bills and lots of other running backs who signed early on this market. So to me, the amount of money that they're giving Zeke Elliott and the fact that he decided to sign now when there's still almost a month until everybody's season start, there are probably going to be some running back injuries, some other teams that are in maybe even more desperate situations. That to me says that the Patriots believe Zeke has something left. 
and that they have promised at the very least an opportunity to fill a significant role here. You know, we'll see what he does with that once he gets those touches. But I think we're looking at more than just a Ramondre Stevenson handcuff. I think we're going to see somebody that's regularly involved in the offense, not somebody that I want to start in a fantasy lineup and not a player that I'm excited about. So if Stevenson slips into round four on average, I'm fine with him in that range. If he stays in round three, I'm not sure yet because the market's still reacting. There are lots of other running backs also still available in that range. And, you know, we're going to get to more, but there are lots of running backs taking hits still in that range on their value that are just, you know, tough to evaluate. That's probably going to move wide receivers around in that range. So I'm going to have to get a few more drafts under my belt here before I really know where I feel comfortable taking Ramondre Stevenson. I know that in the first best ball draft I did after these two signings, we're going to get to the other one next. I took... Joe Mixon and Travis Etienne right ahead of Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know that I would make those picks every time or even the, the most out of those selections. I do know I like Joe Mixon best among those three. I'm still kind of evaluating Etienne versus Stevenson. Yeah. Yeah, I will be in on Stevenson in round four. And I think, you know, near that three, four turn is where I'd start to consider him. Cause I do think he belongs right there with Mixon. I still prefer Stevenson at least in full PPR to ETN, even, even Najee Harris. Um, so Stevenson last year, he finished what he finished RB eight in PPR points. He was even RB 11 in half PPR that came on 12.4 carries per game. And he only scored five rushing touchdowns. So again, he, he can, you know, he can lose six to eight carries per game to Zeke. He can lose some goal line work to Zeke, but if he maintains at least something close to the receiving role he had last year, but I, which I still feel pretty good about. Um, I still think Stevenson can kind of finish in that, you know, RB 10 to RB 12 range. Yeah. And especially with a camp that has not featured much positive news on Patriots pass catchers, other than Hunter Henry, who has a limited <laughs> ceiling and Demario Douglas, who is a, a day three rookie. So we don't really right. know what to expect from him right away. That I think has all certainly helped the upside for Stevenson. So I, I don't want to be out on him, maybe a little bit more wary than I was a week ago or even two days ago. Dalvin Cook to the Jets was the other big signing for even more money than what Zeke is getting in New England, the highest average annual value. It's a one-year deal, so you know it, that's not as much a commitment as a three-year deal for Miles Sanders, for example, but it is the highest single-year average of any running back on this market. Jared, what should we do with that combined with Brees Hall now being activated from the pup list today as we speak? Yeah, th this money was surprising that Dalvin Cook got as much as he did. It, you know, seven million guaranteed. It can be worth what up to eight point six million um, with incentives. I, I do got to say though, and I've, I've obviously never never been in an NFL front office, so I don't know for sure. But with the Dalvin Cook signing and the Zeke Elliott signing, I I do think the money means less this time of year because like what you know, if you have cap space, like what what, what else are you going to do with it, right? If you if the uh, Packer or if the Jets see a need. And by the way, I do think Aaron Rodgers played a big role in this Delvin Cook signing. He had taken a pay cut um, about you know a couple of weeks ago to free up some cap space. I do think Rodgers wanted Delvin Cook, and I do think that matters. Um, it, it's it's clear, but with the money and the other moves the Jets have made at running back, and you know, they've been sniffing around a bunch of free agents, they they obviously want to take it easy on Brees Hall for at least part of the season. So that's the first takeaway here. I think, I even think Dalvin Cook probably opens the season as a better fantasy play 
than Brees Hall. We'll, we'll see about Dalvin Cook's health too, though. I mean, he's still recovering from that February uh, shoulder surgery. Adam Schefter reported yesterday that Cook is still about, you know, I think the quote was at least a week away. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least a week away from being out of practice. So, you know, Brees Hall is beating Dalvin Cook to the practice field for the Jets. So I, I, we'll have to see how that all plays out. Um, obviously, this caps Brees Hall's upside. It's also going to lower his ADP, though. I'm curious to see where he lands. I think, you know, we said, what, four, fourth round for Stevenson? For me, for me, if Brees Hall starts getting into the fifth round with those guys like Alexander Madison and, and Cam Akers and Miles Sanders, the Brees Hall archetype is is different than those guys. I think those guys are all safer bets, especially to open the season in terms of volume. But I, I still think Brees Hall beats those guys on upside, especially when you're getting to the back half of the season as he gets, you know, 12 plus months removed from that ACL. Um, I, I still think Hall has has the highest ceiling among running backs that I you know, think are going to be going in that round, you know, five, six range. I would say if we're talking about full PPR, I'm not even sure those other guys are safer because Brees Hall at the very least should be involved as a receiver. He's a better receiver than Dalvin Cook. And they've been saying all along that they expect him to be ready for the regular season. So I would think yeah. that, we should get something similar to what Brees Hall and Michael Carter were doing together in the backfield last year, which included a lot of receiving early on. I mean, those numbers were inflated because they threw a ton of passes over the first three games with Joe Flacco. And, you know, obviously this is a different offense with some other new guys in addition to Aaron Rodgers. So I don't want to get too far into that one, but I think there's, you know, Brees Hall's okay in that round five range. And if we start comparing into players such as Alexander Madison and Miles Sanders, who had a, a, hamstring or groin I can't remember at the moment but either way there's that risk with Miles Sanders going in so I think round five Brees Hall gets interesting I haven't been interested in him to this point because I think all signs have pointed to being cautious and yet the market has been like well round three Brees Hall is cautious he was RB 10 or 11 I never thought that that was cautious was it below what his ceiling could be sure but I didn't think it was cautious so if we get him into round five I think that is now cautious enough where I'm interested. Still not a smash pick for me, given the other guys that we're looking at, especially outside of running back. Like that's the round where I like to get Justin Herbert um, plenty of times or maybe even Darren Waller late in round five at this point because he's been climbing. So in the mix for sure, not a smash pick. I do think that what they're paying Dalvin Cook and the fact that it's Dalvin Cook and not somebody else, especially that they paid him that with his shoulder not being ready. That tells me that they're not worried about the shoulder. And that tells me that they expect quite a bit from Dalvin Cook whenever he does get back on the field. So uh, it, it looks like a bit of a murky backfield situation, certainly one that's going to be tough early in the season because I don't know that we're going to feel great about starting Dalvin Cook in week one. Yeah, there's some there's questions on the Jets offensive line too. And I think it's mostly at the tackle spots, which might matter a bit less for the running game than you know the pass protection. So that's worth keeping in mind. We'll, we'll see what where Dalvin Cook's ADP settles not. He actually moved down our rankings a couple spots with the updated projections. I think his ADP is probably going to climb from where it was. So I I'm expecting to pretty much be out on on Dalvin Cook now. Yeah, and if he does climb, I agree with that. Um, he's been in the 30s. He's in the 30s in our rankings, and I, I think that's where he belongs. I think landing with the Jets does cap his ceiling. There is probably very nice contingent upside here. So if yeah. he doesn't climb and if you can get him in the mid thirties, I think Dalvin cook is a, a fine RB three and a nice RB four, but we'll see what the market does. And, you know, we're all so quick to react to this and say where guys belong. It really depends a lot on what the market says. If guys fall further than we expect, all of a sudden the guy who was an iffy pick before could be a smash pick a week later. So we'll certainly be watching that. 
Now, this was just going to be a running back video, but then the Colts announced that Anthony Richardson is the regular season starter. That's not a shock. It seemed like they were building towards that really ever since the draft where they said, no, don't expect him to necessarily sit the bench right away. So it's official now. We don't have to speculate. Now, Jared Richardson has already been QB 11 in underdog ADP. He's QB 13 in recent FFPC main event ADP. I think it's easy to see how he makes sense in a tournament format where you where all the ceiling outcomes are even more important because you're trying to beat a large field. So I guess the better question is not how much of an upside guy is he, because we can all see that with the rushing, but what about single league? Are you taking a different approach with Anthony, Anthony Richardson there than you are in a tournament? Yeah. Richardson also, by the way, is quarterback 16 in our, you know, standard ADP on the site, which I think is, you know, less of these tournaments that I think do tend to be sharper. So as you get into your home leagues, I do think you might be able to get Richardson, you know, well outside the top 12 quarterbacks. And I definitely think he he's worth it. He, you know, he's going to be in the mix ADP wise, I think, still with guys like Dak Prescott and Tua Tagovailoa. And I do think those are the type of guys we should be comparing him to. And again, I talked about, you know, the scoring archetype stuff with Brees Hall. And it's the same thing with Richardson. Like your, your Dak Prescott, I think, especially is going to be such a safer season long bat and even probably a safer weekly bat. I mean, Richardson's rushing ability is going to raise his weekly floor, but I still think there's going to be some ugly passing performances from him. Uh, But if you want to talk about upside, both season long and weekly, then I think Richardson beats Dak Prescott pretty handily. So again, you have to kind of think about who fits best for, you know, the the type of league you're in, the type of format you're in. I think it's a a case where if you draft Richardson, you're going to want to take another quarterback probably within the next few rounds to sort of pair with him probably early in the season. You might not want to be throwing Richardson out there, but I mean, talk about ceiling, like Justin Fields, 2022 is in Richardson's range of outcomes, right? Like the passing production wasn't great, but he he runs for 1100 yards and however many touchdowns fields has, and he ends up as, you know, top six or seven fans quarterback that that's possible for Anthony Richardson. So again, if you can get that at, you know, quarterback 12 or, you know, quarterback 13, 14, I think it's definitely worth the gamble in most cases. Has there been anybody as close to Cam Newton in the draft as Anthony Richardson? I mean, we had one full year of starter work in college, so we don't really know what we're getting, but we've got huge rushing upside. He averaged 54 and a half rushing yards per game last year with sack yardage taken out. That's just what college stats do. So that would be a a great number for a rookie quarterback. And then anything on top of that passing wise would certainly be nice on top of the rushing though. He threw downfield a lot and well in college. So we're combining two high upside areas in Anthony Richardson's game. He's much better equipped than most quarterbacks to be very good in fantasy without being very good in real life. If he is just, you know, like all over the place consistency wise, he can still be a good fantasy quarterback for us. If people remember Vince Young, like he had a bad rookie season. He had more interceptions than touchdown passes. He had less than 15 touchdown passes. He was still a top 12 fantasy quarterback that year, despite not starting the opening of that season. So I think Anthony Richardson is still a a good guy to get as a low end QB one in your lineup setting leagues. And then, like you said, take another quarterback soon after that. We're going to get a couple of spots that you can start Richardson right at the beginning of the season. They play the Texans in week two. Um, They're home against the Jaguars in week one. So I would feel okay going ahead and starting Richardson right away, having an insurance guy on my roster. And if we get 
like real bad games from Richardson in either or both of those first two weeks, then go ahead and move off of them. You know, put them on your bench, start somebody else. It's not going to be hard in most leagues to find a replacement, even if you don't end up drafting one, but it's also not hard to go ahead and draft that insurance. Somebody even like Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins is slipping into that range. Like you could get Richardson and then come back and yeah. take Cousins with your next pick or the one after that. Cousins would be a great insurance policy because he also has top eight upside. So I like Richardson outside of tournaments even. I think he makes plenty of sense for a single league because like we both said, the upside is into the top six. Yeah, I think Cousins and Geno Smith are affordable, you know, guys to, to pair with Richardson. Um, yeah, I mean, you brought up Cam Newton. He finished quarterback four as a rookie. You brought up Vince Young. He was quarterback 12 as a rookie. Um, and, and by the way, one last thing I Richardson, I think if the Jonathan Taylor thing, if the holdout bleeds into the regular season, or if he ends up getting traded or whatever happens, like that's bad for the Colts offense in general, but I think it might help Richardson's fans. But I think it's, it would make the Colts an even more, you know, Richardson centric offense in terms of, you know, both throwing the ball and him carrying the ball. Um, so we'll, we'll see where the JT situation goes, but at minimum, I don't think, you know, Taylor missing regular season games would be bad news for, for Richardson's fantasy value. And there's also a chance that Taylor is still actually working back from that ankle surgery he had in the offseason. You know, we we want to believe that it's just the contract holdout, but maybe there is some fire to that smoke about the ankle stuff. At the very least, that's one other risk factor on Taylor's plate. So, yeah, there's more rushing touchdown upside, I think, if Jonathan Taylor misses any time. We have, of course, updated all of the rankings for all these situations we've talked about. The fantasy football rankings are always up to date on DraftSharks.com. We do that throughout the week. We do that especially when news breaks, when injuries happen. But even also just in reaction to revelations from preseason play so far, new info that we come across just as we're writing articles or watching, or even just how we draft. If we just find that I'm never targeting this quarterback where he comes up on our draft board, you know, we discuss that as a group and it's like, oh, Turns out everybody's doing that. I guess we should move them down the ranks. So we're always making changes like that. You will always get the most up-to-date projections in your draft war room. Click your screen right now to get ready for your draft. 